tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney Plus. What's up, everyone? You're about to watch a rebroadcast of Command Zone Live. We've been doing these really special live episodes, and on this last episode, we previewed our card from Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate, and we spend the entire episode breaking down just how to really make this card into an awesome commander deck. Tons of really great stuff up ahead, but first, let's talk about our sponsors. If you're gonna want to buy some of these cards, especially from Battle for Baldur's Gate, there are so many amazing alt art treatments head on over to channelfireball.com slash command. That's our affiliate link to visit the Channel Fireball Marketplace and they have so much amazing product from some of the best deals you'll find on sealed product to pre-orders for all that awesome stuff that's still coming up down the line and is already out there. Best part is you're shopping from local game stores around the country so you're supporting the game stores that you go to in real life. They are all certified businesses. They're going to have great customer service, great prices, and they're going to get the cards to you fast and in great quality. Channel Fireball is also putting on Command Fest Vegas. Command Fest are back. This is happening June 10th to the 12th. And guess what? If you are a fan of the Command Zone, you are going to want to be at this event because tons of us from the office are going to be there slinging spells, playing games, trading, going across Artist Alley, and doing all sorts of fun stuff across that weekend. So if you happen to make it out to Command Fest this year, we suggest Las Vegas. But there are Command Fest all around North America. So make sure you check all that stuff out. It's going to be in the description box below for more information. But we hope to see you all there. Again, it's June 10th through the 12th, Command Fest Vegas. And of course, Ultra Pro is the place to go. So if you go to shop.ultrapro.com slash command, you're going to see an abundance of just incredible product from across Magic's history for the new sets that are coming out, as well as old sets. And you can go in, figure out how you want to customize your deck with the sleeves, the playmat, the deck box, whatever it is. Get that product, get it straight to your door, and really level up your Magic experience. Josh and I have trusted Ultra Pro for almost our entire gameplay careers now, and I still have sleeves back from when I first started playing Magic in third grade. So that just goes to show the quality of Ultra Pro. So again, shop Ultra Pro at your regular local game store or go online to shop.ultrapro.com command. And the final way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. We've actually had some incredible new updates to the Patreon. You're gonna wanna check it out, including including the opportunity for patrons at a certain tier to play against Josh, myself, and members of the Command Zone office on Spell Table. That's only available to patrons. Check it out. Finally, a lot of people have been asking for this a long, long time, but you finally get the chance to play against Josh and myself if you can't make it out to a convention or whatever it is. And you also might get to play against some other members at the Command Zone. So patreon.com slash command zone. But there are perks across every single tier, including exclusive bonus content that's only for patrons. And also you get to watch episodes of Extra Turns and Game Nights a day early. So, so much you don't want to miss out on it. Come to our Discord server as well and chat with us only available for patrons at patreon.com slash command zone all right everyone let's dive right into a command zone live talking about our preview card from battle for Baldur's gate greetings humans you have entered the command zone your destination for all aspects of elder dragon highlander enjoy your stay 
What is up, everybody? You are watching Command Zone Live right here, live in studio. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Wong. It's Josh Lee Kwai. It's a very exciting one because we are going to be talking about Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. And a brand new card as well, our preview card for the set. It's a legendary creature. It's extremely spicy. We have four pages of notes on just how spicy this thing is. <laughs> yeah, there is. are a lot of possibilities, a lot of ways to build this card. So it's going to be pretty exciting. We're going to be looking for help from the chat. So if you come up with a cool idea, pipe in. Lady Danger is here. She will be helping uh, out with the chat and she'll be funneling that information to us. Big also, thanks also, to Wizards of the Coast as oh, well for sponsoring these live episodes. Yes, Wizards <laughs> has sponsored all of our live episodes, um, so they're definitely the ones making this possible. Thanks so much to everybody at Wizards. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, everybody's here for one reason. We shouldn't make them wait for too long. Nope. Yeah, without further ado, let's start off by reading our brand new preview card from Battle for Baldur's Gate. It is Zevlor. How do you say that next word, Jimmy? El Turel. El Turel Exile. Costs one and Grixis, so one blue, black, and red. Four mana total for a 4-2 legendary creature. Tiefling Warrior. Zevlor has haste. And also has an activated ability, which is you pay two, you tap Zevlor, and it says when you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets a single opponent or a single permanent an opponent controls this turn for each other opponent, choose that player or a permanent they control, copy that spell, and the copy targets the chosen player or permanent. Okay. Okay, we have to stop right here before we get very deep on this because <laughs> an interesting thing happened. Yep. So we got the card uh, in office. We started looking at it. Um, we have, of course, a bunch of judges in office as well. And we're looking for ways to break it. We're looking for ways to do cool stuff with it. And something came up that ended up actually making a big difference on the card itself. Yeah, so... The wording is unlike other cards, and we contacted Wizards, and we were asking them some questions about specific cards and how they work, and through that discussion, we found out that there was a mistake made and a word was left off of this card. So it already has been errated. Yeah, and we kind of discovered the errata. It's the first time it's ever happened, and erratas very rarely do happen in Magic. Typically, it's just right off the gate, or you go to the Oracle text. So now the Oracle text will be changed on this card, so... For the rest of this episode, we, we need to make sure that you actually know what the card should say. It's a tiny difference, but it makes a big difference. Yeah, so we put the card there on the right. It has the word only in red, which you'll notice, and we'll reread the whole text here in a second. But you should know that the cards that you get out of booster boxes will be printed without the word only on it, but yep. the card will still work as if it has the word only. So, Jimmy, do you want to read the new Oracle yep. text? All right, so the new text says, pay two, tap. When you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only a single opponent or a single permanent and opponent controls this turn for each other opponent choose that player or a permanent they control copy that spell and the copy targets the chosen player or permanent so the word only is the only difference here only difference <laughs> uh, and it's it, it does make a big difference obviously because it changes a lot of spells uh, it, without that text it gets very messy with a lot of specifically modal spells and spells that can potentially target more than just a single opponent when you cast it yeah so the, the card I think that most made us sort of figure out there's something wrong here was Sublime Epiphany. Yep. So Sublime Epiphany is an instance that has um, a bunch of modes and you can choose one or more. So the modes are counter target spell, counter target activated or triggered ability, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, create a token that's a copy of target creature you control, target player draws a card. There's a lot of targeting going on from the abilities as well. Yep, and you could say target player draws a card, Josh, you draw a card, and then target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. That's going to be yours, Mel. Right, now, 
the word, the old wording on Zevlar said when you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets a single opponent or a single permanent opponent controls, then you can do the copy thing. So we were, the question was like, well, okay, let, let's say I bounce w- one of Jimmy's creatures right. and then I make a token that's a copy of my own creature and I draw a card. I'm only targeting a single opponent there. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I'm targeting is not opponent stuff. It's myself. Could I still copy Sublime Epiphany? Because remember, when you make copies of something, you copy the exact specific modes. Um, and w- what we found out through that discussion with Wizards was that, oh... You could cast Sublime Epiphany, but if it, it has to only target a, a player or a permanent they control. So the only way you could really cast Sublime Epiphany is if you only targeted Jimmy. So target player draws a card, that's it. Or you only targeted a non-land permanent that Jimmy controlled, in, if you're me in my case, obviously. Um, <laughs> but no other modes were chosen because otherwise you're targeting other things. Yep. So... Yeah, so that's sort of the genesis where this came. If you look at like fight spells, they also are like target creature fights target creature, right? Yep. yep. There's no way a fight fight spell could be doubled by Zevlar because it targets your own thing I don't know, along with their thing. The the new wording makes it clear that Zevlar only works, only copies things if you're only targeting basically one thing or one player. Yeah, uh, another good example of this is Cryptic Command. Um, oh, yeah. In, in terms of how, right, it's a modal spell, so you can choose two. You can counter a target spell and return target permanent to its owner's hand. You can also draw a card or tap all creatures your opponent's control. It, it gets very interesting if Zevlar does not have this additional text because it goes, what, well, can it still work? Will it double? And the only actually makes a big difference now. So you have to just be a little more careful when you're casting the spell. Otherwise, you're going to be targeting things all over the place, and then it will no longer qualify for Zevlar's trigger or activated ability. Well, Crypto Command is a good example because it only says target on two of the modes. Right. So oh, yeah, the if, draw card part. So if not. you return target permit to its owner's hand and draw a card, you can do you can copy it with Zevlar because the drawing does not target. So I'm still only targeting. Jimmy's permanent, and then it would copy it for the other two players' permanents. Yeah. And I draw three cards and bounce three things. That's right. Sublime Pivney gets yeah. messy because it says target, target player, player draws, draws a, a card. card. Yeah. yeah. You could also say return target permanent to its owner's hand, tap all creatures your opponents control, because that second one doesn't target. Now, that wouldn't be as good because the second time you tap all the creatures and the third time, well, it doesn't do anything because they're already tapped. Yep. But... Yeah, that would still work with Crypto Command. Yeah, so it doesn't actually change the card that much. I think it just clarifies it a little more so you don't run into sort of the issues that <laughs> we came up with when we were starting to bring some around. You it. can see it's already getting complicated. So a, a good way to think about modal spells is you choose your modes, and then you just read the whole spell as if those were the modes. So Crypto Command would say, return target permanent to its owner's hand, draw a card. Yep. If that was a spell you cast, whatever it was called, does it target twice? And the answer is no, so you can do it. Yep, just uh, a opponent. Yeah. Only one opponent in this case. Okay, so remember as we continue this episode that Zevlar's t- true text is Oracle text, has the word only in it. We'll keep this this altered card that we've got on screen. That is not the card that you're going to see out of booster boxes, though. Let's talk about some more rules because those are not the only complicated things with Zevlar. So let's just make sure we're clear about the rules before we begin. Um, you want to read this first one, Jimmy? Yeah, so let's say you're, ch- you're making a spell and you're targeting only one opponent, you're going to 
uh, copy for each other opponent. Now, as you make your choices for each, each other opponent, you can choose that opponent or any permanent control because of Zevlar's ability, but if the chosen player or permanent isn't a legal target for the spell, then the copy won't be created. So if they have something that says you have hexproof and you're trying to target them with a target player does something, well, they have hexproof, that target won't even be created. It won't fizzle on the stack. It won't even go on the stack. Yeah, you need a, a legal target for the original spell you cast. So let's say I go and I Doomblade one of Jimmy's things, uh, his creature. Let's say I'm playing against Lady Danger and Ashland, mm -hmm. and Lady has a creature, but Ashland does not. I can still copy the spell for Ashland's creature, and then no copy will be created for yeah. Lady because she doesn't have a creature. Yeah, the spell actually can't even enter the stack because it needs a target to be able to be cast or copied successfully in this case. Um, you control each of the copies that are created. Those copies are created on the stack, so they are not cast. Abilities that trigger when a player casts a spell do not trigger off copies. The copies will then resolve like normal spells after players get a chance to cast spells and activate abilities in response. Yep, so... A lot of times, someone will say, when you cast a spell, uh, in that case, you're not casting, you're copying. And we'll talk about this later, actually. There are cards that care about copying, but there is a big difference between casting and copying. Uh, this is not a May ability on Zevlor, so sequencing is going to be important. It will copy the next thing you do. Right. So if you don't want to copy a thing, uh, oh, we shouldn't mention, it won't copy something that's not legal. So if you activate Zevlar and then cast Sublime Epiphany targeting multiple things, Zevlar will just ignore it and will copy, therefore, the next thing that it could legally copy. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then what's the next thing uh, here? The delay trigger ability can copy the spell that caused it to trigger, even if that spell has been countered by the time that ability resolves. Oh, right. So if I cast Cryptic Command doing the thing and then Jimmy counters it, Zevlar will still make the two copies for the other two players. Yep. He, he can't stop me from drawing two cards and bouncing two things. His thing won't get bounced, probably. But. Yeah, because Zevlar is just saying when you cast it, not if this spell resolves. It just says, hey, you cast it, Zevlar sees it, here come the copies. And, and all of those individual copies can be interacted with with counter spells, but getting rid of the first one is not going to stop the rest of them from popping off. Uh, if they so they, they, now we've got some X spells. So like if a spell has an X whose value was determined as it was cast. So for fireball, you'd say I'm going to put six mana into X or whatever. Then the copy is going to have that same mana value of X. So it's going to copy that mana value. It's not going to come onto the sack as a just a red spell. Uh, when it copies it, it sees the entirety of the spell as you cast it. It knows what X is, and that sort of becomes the the mana value of that card. And then that's what the copy gets. That's what the copy sees. X spells are confusing because when they're in your hand, in your graveyard, in your library, the value of X is considered to be zero yep. for CMC or mana value purposes. But once they are cast, On the, the mana value of the spell becomes the, the full casting cost that you paid for it. Yep. Um, Zevlar does not work with reanimation spells. You are not actually targeting a card in a graveyard uh, when you're... Oh, sorry. When you're targeting a card in the graveyard, you're not targeting a player. A permanent. A permanent. Sorry. Yeah, permanent. Cards in graveyard are not permanent. <laughs> you lost your sheet. Yeah, I lost my sheet. There's a, there's some wind in this <laughs> studio. You guys didn't see it, but it just blew off the table. And as I watched it go away, I went, I can no longer talk about what I'm doing here. Um, similarly, Zevlar will not copy counter spells. Thank you, sir. Because counter spells are... Not permanence. So yes. the counter spell on the stack, even though it's targeting something, uh, will not cause Zevlar's ability to go off. And then finally, you uh, don't pay additional costs when you're casting a copy. So stuff like kicker. Yeah. Or, so you can't choose to pay additional costs uh, for copies of spells. However, effects based on any additional costs that were paid for the original spell are copied right. as though those are the same costs paid for the copies too. So for example, if you sacrifice a 3-3 creature to cast Fling, Zevlar will copy it and 
will not ask you to sacrifice, sacrifice two more creatures. It'll just say, yep, I'll do three damage to three different things, one per opponent. Yeah, the key here, it says, as an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice a creature. So that's when you first cast it, and then when Zevlar copies it, it, you're not actually casting the spell, you're copying it. So you do not need to pay an additional cost. But okay. it will just copy what the spell was. Whew. All right, that's all the sort of rules stuff here. <laughs> now There'll let's probably be more rules things in the future, but we covered a <laughs> decent amount of them. This feels like mutate all over again. Hopefully we got that all right. I guess JB would have run in here and told us if we got anything wrong there. You would have heard them from the other room. Hey, go away. Wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about the fun part here, which is like what cool spells you should be copying. Oh, oh JB is here. here. <laughs> uh, I'm just here to say I'm legitimately not sure about the hexproof thing. You're choosing the player. Oh. And then the spell... Is Jamie, lean in more so the world can see you. There's Jamie. <laughs> Hi. Uh, so the way the card is worded, you choose the player, and then it creates a copy targeting that player. I am legitimately unsure right now if that gets around Hexproof or not. So oh. uh, chat, uh, look it up. Tell us. If there are any L2s, L1s, maybe even an L5. Any Wizards people? Any is wizards Matt Tayback in the chat? Probably yeah. not. Probably <laughs> <laughs> not. Yeah, let us know if, if the Hexproof, if, if you can get around Hexproof with Zevlar. It will be important whether it does create the copy for some spells that trigger off copies. So yeah. even if it, co if it created the copy and then that like went away because of the hexproof. Yeah. I don't think you can target though. I don't think so. so you couldn't says, choose them, right? On the text it says and copy and that spell that copy targets the chosen player or permanent. So if it cannot copy it, but maybe it still goes on the stack and then fizzles? I don't know. Or maybe it doesn't go on the stack at all. Well, let us know in chat. Yeah. Lady, if they have any answers in chat, let us know. Yeah, please. So far them. no answers. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to cool stuff to copy. Let's start with the foundational pieces of Commander. Now, one thing to note, Zevlor's ability costs two to activate. Yep. So you are effectively adding two CMC to the cost of any spell you cast. And that's a big difference, right? A three CMC spell costing now five. Yep. That's a lot. Now, it does have three times the effect, hopefully most of the time. Um, but still, I think that means you're going to want to keep your the cost that you're paying for the spells that you're copying as low as possible. Yeah, especially considering you're playing Zevlar for four mana. The next turn, you're going to presumably use two of that mana that you have in your mana pool, so maybe you have five mana now. And then you only have three mana to cast on that spell. That is already going to take up your entire turn. So we're looking to try and reduce the cost of spells or find spells that are cheap and have a big effect in order to really maximize what Zevlar is doing and potentially even use it more times in a single turn. We'll talk a little bit about that, too, in the, in the future. All right, let's talk about cool removal spells to copy here. Black obviously has a bunch of them. Deadly Rollick is a card that you can cast for free. It gets forgotten because of uh, Fierce Guardianship and Deflecting Swat. <laughs> Pretty good, yeah. But it's still a very good card, a free removal spell that would get copied three times and exile three things for only the two mana that you pay for Zevlor. Yeah, Deadly Rollick might be the best removal spell in the deck because you need Zevlor out to cast it, and Deadly Rollick's ability or uh, text is going to be satisfied because that's your commander, and so you're paying two mana to tap Zevlor. Instant speed, daily rollick, get rid of three, exile three things. Yeah. Pretty darn good. Uh, I also really like bone shards as a removal spell in this deck. It's one uh, black for a sorcery. As an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice a creature or discard a card. Ah, nice. And remember, you don't have to do that for the copies. So you're playing one black and either sacking a creature or discarding a card and then destroying three target creatures or planeswalkers. Yeah, that seems really flexible because planeswalkers, you might see a couple around the table. Even if it's just two creatures and one planeswalker, that's well, you can't, great. You have to take the mode, right? So can Oh, that's you... right. It has to be a creature first. I see. Jamie, is that true? 
Wait, it's target creature or planeswalker. You can you switch. You can switch. Yeah. Oh, because it's not a mode on the thing. Okay. Yeah, Jamie so says you can switch. So yeah. yeah, there you go. Very important word or there. And again, you do not need to pay the additional cost for the copies of Bone Shard because you've just paid it for the original. Yep. And it's great. This is probably a spell slinger deck. You're probably gonna have things you're gonna have flashback in the graveyard or whatever. So discarding a card is pretty strong in a deck like this. Yeah, I like the discard a card option over some of the other sack of creature options, because like you said, spell slinger decks are not gonna necessarily have a lot of creatures either, right? Yeah. So yeah. the ability to discard a card to still cast it is great. Uh, the next removal spell we have is one that doesn't get seen too much. It's Snuff Out. It's similar to Deli Brolic. It's three and a black for an instant. If you control a swamp, you may pay four life rather than play Snuff Out's mana costing. Destroy target non-black creature. Can't be regenerated. You know, I will say, I often find that there are not as many non-black creatures as I would like around the table. <laughs> that, that does hurt you once in a while. But this but is still a zero mana instant speed. Get rid of potentially three things with Zevlar paying two. Yep. Red removal spells. Lightning Bolt is a classic one. I think becomes quite good. Three mm -hmm. mana, nine damage to three different targets. Um, Firestorm's a really interesting card. This is one red for an instant. Choose and discard X cards. Firestorm deals X damage to each of X target creatures and or players. I think... If you build this deck in a way that draws you a lot of cards, this could be a potential finisher in the deck because you yeah. go activate Zevlor, one red, discard 30 cards, kill you all. Instant speed, no less. Yeah. Wait, 30 cards? I want to play your game. You've seen me do that. Before. I know. Yeah, many I times. How many times have you seen? You've done it before. <laughs> I have. Necropotence. <laughs> Boom. Necropotence. Two, uh, yeah, getting getting out of the good old Concy Sphinx. <laughs> Having another play have a Consecrated Sphinx, try your whole deck. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, there's also great, just like cheap removal spells. A braid is a card that's been climbing up and up in my book because it can sometimes just lightning bolt something, but it also destroy an artifact. And I believe when this is cast as well, you do get to choose either one. This one will copy the modes because it says choose, yeah, you choose one. one. So you choose one when you cast it. It doesn't yeah. say, yeah, do this or that. But still, three artifacts for five mana is pretty good. Nine damage for five mana, pretty good. Okay, here's a cool one. You find some prisoners. This is from, uh, what is that? Midnight? AFR. Oh, AFR. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. So <laughs> it has two modes. Choose one, destroy target artifact. Obviously, you could destroy three artifacts. And these days, so many man rocks, you're always going to have targets. But it also has this second uh, mode, which is exile the top three cards of target opponent's libraries. Choose one of them. Until end of your next turn, you may play that card, and you may pay ma or spend mana as though or mana of any color to cast it. Nice. So you would get to look at the top three cards of each player's library because it does target a player. Yeah, exile three different cards. And then... You yeah, know, and you have, the nice thing is that you have the end to your next turn. It's an instant two, so you could do it on someone's end step, and then now you have access to a bunch more. I think in certain metas, this would be very, very powerful. Uh, blue also gets in the game with good removal. Chain of Vapor, although it could be a little dangerous maybe copying it for all the players. <laughs> uh, but that is a cheap one. I, you Imagine know, three Chain of Vapors on the stack and everyone's just sacking lands and just getting the Just chain bouncing going. them yeah. around. <laughs> uh, Depart the Realm is a card I've been playing a lot more recently that I really like. It is a foretell card that returns target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Cost two on the front end or foretell it for just one blue. Yeah. And I think the play pattern with Zevlor is like on turn three before you play it, or maybe turn before three. Before you play Zevlor, yeah. Yeah, you could foretell it, and now you can get Zevlor out you know, maybe play Depart the Realm, bounce three things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You also have Boomerang and just a bunch of just regular bounce spells. There's tons of these in blue. Uh, and, but being able to bounce three things at instant speed, again, you're looking to do this on end step, maybe clear the way for something. I, I mean, I like good. Boomerang too as a reverse rampant growth. Oh, interesting. Just bounce three lands, one from each opponent. Yeah, that's right. Boomerang does permanence, and yeah. you really don't see that text very often. Yeah, I think that's a way to kind of like, if you're not ramping, well, maybe you could slow down their ramp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone's really getting out of control. Because you are in Grixis, you are not the land ramp deck. 
And I think a lot of this deck too, because Zevlar is going to be a big target for removal, is how do you slow other people down? How do you actually get to your game plan, which in your case, Josh, is discarding 30 cards and murdering everyone. <laughs> that seems like a, the way to go, right? Yeah, like a, yeah. yeah it sounds like a very Josh Lee Kawhi way to win. Yeah, I mean, because next... that means you have 30 cards. Yeah, yeah in your <laughs> yeah, hand, yeah, which yeah. is always Even good. Even if you lose, you've won, right? <laughs> uh, this next one, actually, I think oh, is boy. another great Josh Lee Kawhi card, which is Snap. You return up a uh, target creature to its owner's hand, and you untap up to two lands. So this is untap up to six lands with Zevlar. You can then go go do something else crazy. Yeah, I don't know if I could claim this as a me card because it doesn't draw any cards. But you played this on the game that you yeah, yeah. actually. So. I mean, it's a free bounce spell, which I think is underrated. But yeah, like you said, you're up mana. You're yeah. going to gain four mana from casting this spell. And Zevlar is going to be very mana hungry in general. Yep. Just that extra two will, co- will be harder to come up with than you think. So that's great. There's a bunch of spells that will kind of give you a rebate because They'll, they'll give you treasures. Oh, right. So something like Contract Killing probably becomes pretty good. It's three black black for a sorcery destroy target creature, but create two treasure tokens. Mm-hmm. So you imagine you pay seven for this, but you're going to get six, six of treasures? that back. So yeah. it effectively costs one. Yep. Depths of Desire is an instant speed. Uh, two in the blue return target creature to his owner's hand, and then you make a treasure token. So that's five mana, make three treasures. The instant speed on that's really nice because sometimes you just don't know what. You're going to have like six options in your hand. Pass the turn with Zevalar up. What are you going to do? Well, the one that's going to allow you to sort of go the hardest. Yeah, and that might be a setup play. Like, you do it on the end step before your turn, and now untap, and you have three extra treasure. Yeah. You can make a bigger play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Grim Bounty is a similar card that will sort of work in that way. So those yep. are the, you know, there's a bunch of good removal, and I think Grixis is always good at removal, so that's not... Oh, oh, I guess there's two more cards we want to talk about. One in particular, Baral's Expertise, I think is worth touching on, because I think the message here is like... You shouldn't just ignore cards that have multiple targets. Right, because you could target just a single player with them, right? Right, so you Brawl's Expertise, three blue-blue for a sorcery, return up to three target artifacts and or creatures to their owner's hand. Now, if I target three different artifacts or creatures, Zevlar won't trigger because it says only a single opponent or permanent they control. Right. But I can, it says up to, so I can choose to cast Brawl's Expertise targeting only one thing. If I do that and I copy it for each other player, I will bounce three things, but I will get the second clause three times. You may cast a card with converted (laughs) mana cost four or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. So you go bounce three things, play four or three four drops for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get 12 mana worth of stuff for your seven mana. And bounce three things is very powerful. I do that with Mystic Confluence all the time. It Mm -hmm. often just sets your opponents back a whole turn. Yeah, so those are all the sort of removal uh, aspects. Obviously in blue, there's plenty of bounce, but again, being able to bounce multiple things, as we've seen with just some of the modal spells too, Mystic Confluence, like Josh said, can be very powerful. Zevlar just powers up a lot of those older spells, but uh, definitely will put a little bit of a target on your back because you're not just making one enemy. You're making three. Yeah, anytime you do anything with Zevlor, you're making three enemies. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about card draw spells that are good with Zevlor. My, this is my favorite of all the categories we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we could just end the episode after this, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a bunch of spells that are cheap that say draw a card on them. So like Gitaxian Probe. Yeah, this card might be... It's insane, right? So you can pay a Phyrexian Man for this, which is two life. And so you pay two life and Zevlor two. Tap it. Look at target player's hand. Repeat that three times for each player around the table. Draw three cards. You'll know what everybody's in every or what's in everyone's hands. Although that'll be slightly annoying to try and remember. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's close to ancestral recall because two mana draw three is very good. Yeah, and the fact that you could just Gitaxian Probe is just by the way great on turn one if you just need to cycle it out of your hand, try and get another land drop or whatever it is because you just pay two life for it, and the information is always important. 
Uh, there's other cards similar. Thought Scour, Portent. Those yep. are similar. Yep. Um, there are cards that do this that I think are a little bit more dicey, like Expedite. <laughs> yeah, so these are called Cantrips because what they do is they replace themselves. And a Cantrip is actually from Dungeons and Dragons, so it feels a little fitting here. There you go. Uh, but but there are cards that target a player and or sorry, target a creature and draw a card. So Expedite could work because you can target your um, opponent's creatures, slip through spaces, and another one. And if they all have creatures, then yeah. you could draw the three cards. But there's no way to know if we are ready to do this if each player will even have a creature at that point. I think often they're only going to draw you two. Sometimes you'll look around and there'll be like only one creature right. that your opponents have. So stuff that targets players, I think, is going to be more reliable. Yeah, the nice thing about Expedite, though, is that if you cast it on someone else's turn, only that player is going to get the hasty creature. The other two players won't, because by the time it gets their turn, the, the effect is worn off. Same with Slip Through Space, but that is sorcery. Yep. Uh, there's some sort of bigger ones that magical Christmas land ones that we could talk about here recurring insight I think is a pretty good one yeah four blue blue draw cards equal to the number of cards in target opponent's hand and then it rebounds so it's going to cast it again at the beginning of your next upkeep without paying its mana cost I typically that... typically six mana draw like five six cards is a little slow but now if you're doing it six mana Zevlar or eight mana with Zevlar draw <laughs> yeah 15, 12 15 12, cards yeah. yeah and I think the rebound actually makes this a little bit better or a lot better I guess with Zevlar because if you just have to cast it for six you don't have the extra two it's going to rebound on the next turn oh, and then you can do and it and you then. copy the rebound part because that's when you'll have the mana maybe available for Zevlar to do oh, it oh I like that a lot actually uh, there's also borrowing 100,000 arrows which is one of the portal card P3K, port, P3K yeah. cards yeah it's a sorcery draw a card for each tapped creature target opponent controls okay so this is a little dicey too it's similar to like expedite and slip through space because maybe they just have one tapped creature maybe they're playing their own zevlar deck and they have no tapped creatures yeah yeah <laughs> it's definitely risky yeah. and a lot of times you look around the board and there's only a couple of top creatures so it's not going to do much yeah so i think that's one of the things when you go to build this deck you have to be careful of not getting too hyped up on the ideas before actually seeing what the board state looks like because you could end up with a hand that is great in a very specific scenario against a very specific meta. All right, we are just getting started talking about Zevlar, El Terrell, Exile, plenty more cards and combos to come. But first, a message from our mid-roll sponsors. And you're back. You're watching a rebroadcast of Command Zone Live. We've got plenty more cards to talk about with Zevlar, so let's get right back into it. All right, let's talk about ramp spells that will work with Zevlar. And there are relatively few. There are not as many, but there are some Pretty some, powerful ones. Some bangers. We've already seen this mentioned in chat a couple of times. Yeah. But Jessica's Will. Oh my gosh. Jessica's Will wasn't already good enough with Zevlar. It's insane. Yeah, so you're going to get both abilities if you cast it with Zevlar. It's going to be a five-mana Jessica Will, but you're going to be able to add red for each card in target opponent's hand times three, and then you're going to exile the top three cards of your library three times. So for five mana, you're going to potentially get up to you know 12, 15 red mana, and then nine cards exiled off the top of your library. I mean, let's think of a modest scenario where your opponents have like four, five, and six cards. Okay. Right? That's, I'd say, most commander games. 15. That's total. on the low side. Yeah, so 15 red mana, look at nine cards and cast them if you want to. So it's sort of pseudo draw nine cards. Yeah, I mean, I would be fine if it was, it was even 10 mana. <laughs> it's crazy. I'd be fine if it was seven mana, honestly. It's you're mana still geyser nine plus cards. nine cards. Yeah. yeah, you have to play them this turn and all, but it is still extremely powerful. There's a cool card called Rousing Refrain. It is three red red for a sorcery. Add red for each card in target opponent's hand. Until end of turn, you don't lose mana as steps and phases end. Exile Rousing Refrain with three time counters on it. So it gets, oh, okay. and you can also suspend it, uh, suspend three it for one in a red. So the suspend is actually relevant. You might want to do that early in the game on turn two. So you bring Zevlar out later and, you know, for each 
card in target opponent's hand. So it's the front half of Jessica's will. You know, on a, on a later turn, this only costs you two mana because you know it's coming with Suspend. Yeah, at first we were actually really down on this card because of the Suspend, but this looks a lot better with a Zevlar deck because you if, even if you don't Suspend, you just cast it outright. It's going to come back, and when it comes back, you're going to get a ton of value off it again. Yeah, so uh, there's also Spoils of Evil. <laughs> Never seen this card before. Uh, the, two in the black, instant for each artifact or creature in target opponent's graveyard. Add one colorless mana to your mana pool and gain one life. Whoa. Either. So later in the game, this could be a big uh, influx of mana. And we've seen with Mana Geyser, Jessica's Will, those type of cards, just enough on turn you know, six, seven, eight to just create enough mana that you kind of win. Yeah, and you could even just do this on one player at some point. Maybe if you're playing against that Graveyard Hogak deck and you just cast Spoils of Evil them, without even having your commander out, you could be adding 10, 12, 15 mana and gaining that much life too. Yeah, if anybody like Hermit Druids or anything, it could just be like, yeah, yeah I could just cast this on one opponent and gain 20. Yeah, pretty sweet. Uh, okay. Let's talk about some other cool things you can do besides the sort of foundational pieces of ramp card draw removal, things like that. Uh, cloning is a really good thing that blue can do, but also red gets in on the game here too and often targets your opponent's things. So you want yeah. instants and sorceries that clone things because then all of a sudden I get to clone the best thing of all my opponents. Mm. So yeah, Heat Shimmer is the red version. It's two and a red created token that's a copy of target creature, except it has haste, and then at the beginning they instead exile that permanent. So Not very good in general, right? Like this is not something we usually find to be efficient enough to play. Yeah. But if it's five mana, get a thing from everybody, like a copy of a thing from everybody. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and those creatures do have haste, so if they have activated abilities, you might be able to do something really interesting with it. It could even just be they have a card that lets you play more lands from your hand, or whatever it is, right? You're going to find some utility out of it. Uh, Echo Storm is three blue blue for a sorcery. When you cast this spell, copy it for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. You may choose new targets for the copies, and then it says create a token that's a copy of target artifact. So Echo Storm, let's say I've cast Zevlar one time, I'll get It'll copy the original thing, mm -hmm. so I'll get a copy for each player, and then I'll get one additional copy. Yeah, because so, you've cast your commander once this game. Yeah, it kind of becomes close to, like a weird right of replication. Not the same thing many times, but copies of many things. Yeah, so if you cast this on a, let's say, I have a soul ring that you co copy, that other person has an arcane signet, and the other person has a liquid metal torque, that's, that's a lot of copies of artifacts. That's a bunch of mana. Yep. Okay, let's go to Magical Christmas Land here, Jimmy, because some of the clone stuff is very... Uh, expensive but could have a huge effect on the game so there's something like supplant form <laughs> or clone legion yeah uh, six and nine mana respectively yeah you need a lot of mana to pull these off but when you do you're gonna get copies of like all the creatures on the board uh yeah and you're bouncing the creatures at this at this point you're bouncing everybody's form, creatures yeah. at the same time like that seems quite good yeah clone legion is interesting because it targets a player and zevlar cares about only targeting a single opponent or a single permanent uh but you get a copy of every single creature that they have and you can do that three times for a whopping 11 mana <laughs> oh boy I, I said it was magical christmas land yeah i mean right of replication also does work right so if you kicked it and could right. do it you're like you know, create, create five, five of that, five of that, and five of that. Yeah. So. Uh, there is a very... We're, we're about to get into mean mean town over here with the, the sort of things you can do with Zevlar. So big spells to copy outside of those two. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, let's stay in Magical Christmas Land for a second before we go to mean town. I mean, this is still a big spell, and it is mean town. <laughs> we're transitioning. <laughs> okay, so Cruel Ultimatum. I think everybody saw, thinks about it when they see Grixis. Grixis, spells deck, Cruel Ultimatum, right? It's got to be in there. Yeah. You would do this to all three players. All three players 
would have to sack a creature, discard three cards, lose five lives. Then you would do this three times. Return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand, draw three cards, so draw nine cards, and gain 15 life. Yeah, the gaining the 15 life and drawing nine cards is big. If you're in a Spellslinger deck, probably don't have that many creatures. Uh, this seems pretty nuts. Yeah, it seems quite good. Um, okay, <laughs> here's a, a card I think Jamie came up with, or maybe Jordan or somebody, but it's called Din of the Fireherd. I've never seen this card before. You want to read it? Yeah, so it's five and then three Rakdos mana, so eight total. Sorcery, put a 5-5 five, five black and red elemental creature token into play. Target opponent sacrifices a creature for each black creature you control, then sacrifices a land for each red creature you control. So this really <laughs> matters like what order you resolve it in, because yeah, the yeah. first one, they'll sack a creature... And a land, right? Well, the, technically, uh, two, because Zevlar does count as a black and Oh, a red right. And then you will create the next copy, and that person will do three and three. Yep. And then the next last person, person gets hosed. Four and four. <laughs> Rough. Four lands, by yeah, the way. Four lands. And, I mean, even if they don't have creatures, four lands is pretty big game. Uh, if you think that's mean, how about worst fears? Uh, this is my worst fear. Um, <laughs> I still think about that one time you cast Emrakul on me and took my turn. Well, you Mind Slaver locked me that one time. Nah, yeah, but that was like two, three years later, you know. <laughs> but, they, you know, as they say, vengeance, you know, has no timeline. Uh, is that a saying? No, I just made it up. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> sounds about right for magic. A uh, uh, dish best served cold. D- yeah, red- no, that's revenge. revenge. Yeah, revenge. revenge. And yeah, eh, revengeance. Okay, has we're no- working on our quotes. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, we'll get better. Uh, worst fears is seven and a black. You control target player during that player's next turn. Exile worst fears. For 11 mana, you get to control every single player's turn on the turn. You could just start swinging stuff like crazy. I mean, you're going to, right? Yeah, and again, that feels really bad for the last person or really good because you've like, I'm going to tap you out, I'm going to tap you out. Last player. Swing it. <laughs> Go nuts. <laughs> Yeah, and this doesn't have the Emrakul thing where they get a turn, their own turn afterwards. No, yeah, it's they, just like, I yeah, control all the turns, and then it's my turn again. Yeah, 10 mana, sorry, not 11. But that, <laughs> that's pretty rough. So, yeah, I like how you're saying, oh, we're in Magical Christmas Land and not being mean. No, Magical Christmas Land turns out is very mean with Zevlar. <laughs> that, that one's pretty mean. Speaking of being mean, let's talk about some themes you might be able to go into with the deck, because I think there's a lot of ways to build it. Obviously, yeah. clone stuff we already talked about. Um, you're going to have your removal and your ramp and your yep. card draw. All those things are going to be set. So where do you, where do you take this? It's kind of like Lord. Xander, who's another Grixis commander that has a lot of mean things attached to it. So, the first one is just discarding. Yeah, I think discard theme is going to be quite strong with Zivlor. Think of like Mind Twist. Very powerful card, but in general it doesn't see a lot of play in Commander because just getting rid of one player's hand. Yeah, not so great. But getting rid of all players' hands? So here's the thing. If you're discarding, let's say by the time you cast this, you're going to do X is equal to 3. So that's 3 and a black, plus 2 more from Zevlar. That's 6 mana. That's about turn 5 or 6 for everyone. 3 cards out of everyone's hand may be their entire hand. It's And it's random, too, so they might just lose the best cards. They don't right, get they to choose. choose. Oh, boy. Yeah, and, and, you know, let's say that you have a Jessica's Will or something, and you go into this, and you're just like, everybody discards 10 cards. <laughs> I, I mean... Yeah, that seems pretty brutal. Well, you may as well just play Rakdos' Return at that point, which is the Rakdos version of this that actually deals damage on top of making them discard the cards. It's not random, but by the time you're casting this for seven or eight, well, they're not going to have a single card in their hand anyway. Yeah, I like that one because it could be a finisher too. So Mind Twist, everybody's discards their entire hand, is like, I probably win, but, you know, they're living off the top of their deck. They could draw something. Yeah. Rakdos Return could also be used as like, okay, I have enough mana now, just everyone dies. Yeah, or you go down to five and I can swing at you or someone else is going to swing at you. Yeah, there's um, Heartless Pillage, which is target opponent discards two cards, three mana, but if you attacked with a creature this turn, you create a treasure token. So oh, it buys it back a little bit. Yeah, you get a lot of your mana. What? You get your mana rebate. You will never see Heartless Pillage in Commander until Zevlar pops around. <laughs> That's, that is for sure. <laughs> uh, there's stuff like Abandoned Hope, which I think is quite good. 
Yeah, so you get to choose and discard X cards yourself, but you do target an opponent, and they can choose X of those cards to discard them. So if you're in the big card draw deck, if you've drawn a ton of cards, then you're able to pitch five lands and just really strip everyone's hand of the exact five cards you want. Do you think Thoughtseize and uh, Inquisition of Kozilek become good enough? It's interesting, because these do cost very little. It's going to be three mana with Zevlor. But the thing is, unless you're able to use Zevlor a bunch of times, you're drawing so much attention to yourself doing this that maybe you just want to go for the big swing discards instead of the more uh, individual pieces. But I will say, I think Thoughtseize is actually underrated in higher-powered metas. Yeah, and doing it to everybody, you know it's in their hand, and you're going to take the best card. So it's not random. They don't choose. You choose. So you might be able to, like not only know what they're doing, but get rid of key pieces or, or a removal spell that you want to dodge or a yeah, wrath yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, It seems quite pow- powerful. I think there's also some discard uh, synergy stuff that would only be good in Zevlar. So there's stuff like Dream Salvage. Mm. Draw cards equal to the number of cards target opponent discarded this turn. Yeah. Not that great unless you're somehow making everybody discard a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd have to pretty solidly build around the discard, and maybe incidentally you'll find the random deck that's just all about looting, that you'll be able to get them with something like this, but it seems pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's only good if you're going hard in dis- to discard. I can't yeah. imagine a Sir Conrad out and you're doing discard. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, there's going to be some decks that are going to... Triggers on the stack. Yeah, that are going to be like, oh, you're making me discard. I want to do that. Yeah, I want to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't mind discard, but... It's not my favorite way to play. I think if I was going to build this, it would be similar to how I built my original Marchesa deck, which is also in Grixis Colors, which is stealing stuff. Yes. And I love to steal stuff from players. We've already talked about a couple of cards. A uh, discard card, by the way, like, uh, there's a couple of cards that, that like, um, there's a card called Tormented Thoughts that says you have to sack a creature to cast it. And we had a couple of earlier that we talked about, like, Bone Shards. So if you're stealing stuff from players and then sacking it mm-hmm. and keeping the things going, that seems pretty fun. Yeah, so uh, bribery sounds really good with Zevlar. <laughs> Seven mana, three creatures. Tutored from their deck. Yeah, it's similar to uh, the ultimate on one of the Jaces, I think Architect of Wills, or one of the old ones. But yeah, it's, that's insane, because normally you play a Planeswalker deck to get that ultimate off. Now you're able to do it with bribery plus Zevlar. Acquire is just bribery for artifacts. Yeah, five mana. So seven mana, get a Soul Ring, a Gilded Lotus, and a Thrain Dynamo. You're going to be mana positive. Yeah, what about like a Blightsteel Colossus? Oh, yeah, boy. I'd go for the big artifacts. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, even Black can get it on the game. They have Ritual of the Machine, which is two Black Black. You, As an additional cost of cast, you have to sack a creature, but then you gain control of target non-Black, non-artifact creature. Nice. So you could, you know, again, steal three things. Yeah, and if you're using Threaten Effects on top of it, it's a lot of mana, but you're able to sack the creatures that you steal as well sometimes. We found a cool card in red that can steal instants or sorceries basically out of player hands. It's called Reversal of Fortune. Ah, yeah. Target opponent reveals his or her hand. You may copy an instant or sorcery card in it and play the copy without paying its mana cost. I suppose it's not stealing. It's just copying. But it does feel like you're taking the cards out of their hand. Yeah, when it comes to threat effects, we got Traitorous Greed. Uh, You get to also add mana with this, so you get to get some mana back. Kerry Zev's Expertise. Uh, We talked about another one of the expertises already, but you get to have the converted mana cost. You get to cast that CMC or mana value two or less from your hand three times if you're copying it. Yeah, that's that's like Brawl's Expertise. Yeah. I think, yeah, because we kind of ran through it here, but I think Steel theme could be just like Steel permanently. But you could also go towards Threaten Effects. Threaten Effects are the cards that Steel... A creature just for now, just until end of turn. Mm-hmm. So that's usually not very good in Commander because stealing one creature from one person just until end of turn is tough. But when these become steal one creature from each uh, player, 
or each opponent until end of turn and like you said pair it with sacrifice effects and yeah, things like that pretty good. and all of a sudden this might be a, like a whole theme of a deck could just be like threat and effect dot deck yep um yep rings of power is another sort of similar it, it steals all the things so two blue blue untap all creatures you control and all creatures target opponent controls you and that opponent each gain control of all creatures the other controls until end of turn those creatures gain haste until end of turn Wait, with Zevlar does this mean that you're switching with one player you're and then switching again switching again and so by the end of it the opponent's given their creatures to another opponent and you're just ending yeah that's but if you have a sack outlet yeah there you go if you have a sack outlet you go switch sack, sack all the stuff switch, now switch sack. you get nothing sack yeah yeah that's so. a that's what we, what we like to call a six mana board wipe yeah <laughs> But you're you might get some tap effects in there. You, yeah, know, yeah. you might be able to do some stuff. And if you have the altars that give you mana, then you're going to be going real crazy. Or a Viscerous here. So Whoever the last one is, you get to swing with all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, a lot of yeah. value. Okay, yeah. and then sack it. Yeah. And then sack it. All right, speaking of mean themes, <laughs> I think Zevlar's probably also quite good for a land hate theme deck. So, Is this really a theme, Josh, or is this just mean? This is both. <laughs> but it, it, So Cleansing Wildfire is a card that looks pretty good, and I think you could just play in the Zevlar deck, even if it's not Land Hate themed. Yeah, it is. A, it technically does draw itself back uh, another card. It's a cantrip. So it's one in a red, destroy target land. It's controller may search their library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle their library, and you get a draw card. So four mana, kill three lands, draw three cards. Now they do get to get basics on the battlefield. that They are tapped, but that's way better than their very cool utility land that they had a second ago. Yeah, it's way better than them having an Ancient Tomb or a Cabal Coffers or, you know, even a Bounce Land can be pretty harmful because that's basically two of their lands that you're getting rid of. Right. So there's often, I'd say most games these days, I feel like there's a land I want to get rid of at some point in the game. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. just being able to draw cards and whatever. But, of course, you can lean into this more and play, like, Stone Rain. Um, <laughs> you could play Desecrated Earth. Oh, uh, yeah. Destroy Charlie Land is controller discards a card, so that's pretty brutal, too. Uh, Scorched Earth is another one. You choose and discard X land cards and destroy X target lands. So yeah, so I think if you're in the big draw, big discard deck, that the version of Zevlar. Listen, make sure that you know your playgroup is the kind of playgroup that likes this kind of play. But if <laughs> you wanted to likes, build a land yes. hate theme deck, I think this could this could fit. Even blue can do some stuff, like we mentioned, Boomerang, um, yeah. Capsize. Those are cards that can bounce land, so you can kind of, if you're doing it, it's, it's usually not that great to do those things just as a one-off, mm -hmm. but when you're doing it for each opponent or capsize, you know, with buyback, often you win games by just bouncing everything, including their lands. Yeah. There's like, also, yeah, yeah. I like, I like this next version of it, which is a bit more on the stack side, but instead of just getting rid of lands with no real win con in sight, these versions, this version of the deck, I think, takes the stacks and the land disabling side of it and actually gives you a way to win through it. So Exhaustion is a really interesting card. It's two and a blue for a sorcery. Creatures and lands target opponent controls don't untap during his or her next untap step. So for five man, that's every player that's going to untap anything. And we've seen what happens when a Vorinclex is on the battlefield or a Stasis or any of those types of cards. Yeah, Mana Vapors is sort of another version of this. Only does lands. Yeah. Yeah, if you're doing uh, an Exhaustion or a Mana Vapors like late in the game, turn six, seven, eight, often it's like an extra turn spell. And will just win you the game because you just be like, listen, you don't, you basically don't get turns. Yep. And then I go again, and, and then do you do it again. Yeah, and, and with a Mystic Sanctuary or an Archaeomancer, something like that. Yeah. Snapcaster Mage, you're probably you might get into the thing where I'm gonna mana vapors the table three times in a row and win off that. Yeah. Exhaustion seems very brutal because it gets the creatures down as well. Uh, yeah, and bouncing it back, getting it back any any number of ways. Blue, red, and black, very good at doing so. Okay. 
there's not just the cards that you want to copy with Zevlar, but I think Zevlar also has a bunch of other synergies you'll probably want some amount of. Like, it's a tap ability on Zevlar, so being able to untap and do the ability multiple times and allow yourself, maybe on your turn you copy a spell and then you can copy a spell on the next yeah. player's turn or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So Freed from the Real is a card that'll untap Zevlar, Retreat to Coral Helm. Thousand Year Elixir, Mage Rite Stone, Minamo School at Water's Edge. Oh, that's is one a good of my one. Favorites uh, because it's on a land, yeah. It's on a land and it may also just untap other things. Yep. Not to mention Legendary Permanent. You could untap other lands that are legendary. You could untap something that your per- your opponent controls that's legendary. So there's a lot of use for that card. And then, of course, you, there are uh, cost-reducing effects and, and doubling effects, ability doublers. So things like Strionic Resonator, Battle Mage's Bracers seems quite good yep, yep, if yep. you can get that attached to Zevlar. Uh, and then you, you can reduce the cost of activating the ability with stuff like Training Grounds. And Hearthstone. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be very mana-hungry, the deck. So I think just... Even though Training Grounds only reduces by one, right? It can't reduce the ability to cost less than one. I think it'll still be worth it because you're hoping to activate Zevlor like you know, yeah. four or five times in a game, six times, and that's a lot of mana savings over the course of that. And it will allow you to do plays that otherwise you're, you're like, well, I couldn't do it at all because I only have three mana. Yeah. You yeah. basically want to find spells that reduce instants and sorcery costs or reduce, if you're heavy in blue, it's like one of the medallions that just reduces all of the blue costs of your spells. And that's going to make a big difference, especially if you're trying to use Zevlar several times in the, in the turn rotation. Uh, and then, of course, Zevlar's making copies of stuff. Yep. And recently in Strixhaven, we got Magecraft, which is an ability that cares, that triggers off of copies of spells uh, going on the stack. And so you've got things like Archmage Emeritus oh, and Stormkiln so Artist. So good. So every time you cast something with Zevlor, you're going to get three treasure back or draw three cards. Because wow. they, they, they trigger off the casting of the card and the two copies that are made. Yeah. Stormkiln so Artist seems insane because one of the biggest things you're going to be cramped on is just mana to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's going to make it so a lot of spells are like mana even or even maybe mana positive notably all of these spells are also four mana already we've talked about cards in the eight nine ten slots and so this deck is much heavier on the back end of it so i think a big part of this deck is also just making sure you're able to filter through what you need so you don't get stuck with six six drops in your opening hand or whatever all right we're, we're winding down our discussion of zevlor here but we wanted to end by talking about some cool or you might categorize them as crazy ideas that kind of didn't fit into the other categories or else we didn't really know where they led we were just like there you got to be able to do something with this yeah maybe you out there in the audience can take one of these ideas and let us know if there's a really interesting synergy we haven't seen uh so will breaker i think there's more on the cool side less on the crazy you're gonna have a lot of things targeting things so this is we know where this one goes this is steal every all of everybody's stuff yeah as long as you control will breaker so josh has this in this pinger deck for instance because he just pings so it good. grabs something but we've talked about targeting things the entire episode so it seems pretty good okay here's a weird one spell <laughs> skite <laughs> okay i don't know what you do with it but your target like there's maybe there's some way to do positive effects with Zevlar where you're like, I target a positive effect on Jimmy's creature, I copy it with Zevlar, and then I, you know, have Spellskite like grab all that stuff and make it target itself. Interesting. Okay, I don't know. so that's yeah, because you can just pay a Phyrexian man to change a target of a target spell or ability to Spellskite. So you yeah. redirect stuff. That seems like the group hug version of Zevlar, which I don't know if it exists, but Spellskite, I was saying this earlier, it might just be good in the deck anyway because people are going to try and kill Zevlar. That's Zevlar. a really good point. It's a good card to have in the deck anyway just to protect Zevlar, yeah. Yeah, and then maybe occasionally, maybe there's just two or three cards that really gives some cool stuff that Spellskite, Spellskite wants to redirect to itself instead. 
this next card's kind of interesting because uh, Reoccurring Insight, you remember we talked about had Rebound and how that was good with Zevlor. Yeah. Cast Through Time mm. is an enchantment, but it costs seven mana, four blue, 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 that gives all your instants and sorcery spells rebound. That seems really good uh, because you're going to want to buy back some of the really important powerful ones, and you can cast them for free. So if you have a six or seven mana spell you're casting, again, the next turn, you don't want to have to pay all that mana. But it is a seven mana chant that does nothing the turn you cast it, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. I, I would say you're in red, right? You're going to be playing your mana geyser. You're going to be playing your Jessica's Wills. Hopefully, you have an explosive of enough turn that you can do a crazy spell like cast through time and get some value off it instead of just passing the turn and waiting up for everyone to blow it up. Okay, how about this? Intruder Alarm. And then, you know, because a lot of spells decks like this will have like a young pyromancer yeah. or a few cards like the young pyromancer that basically say whenever you cast an instant sorcery, you make a creature okay. of some kind of token. So with Zevlar, you would, um, you know, cast an instant sorcery, copy it, and that would create a token with young pyromancer or whatever and untap Zevlar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you play this with a, uh, uh, what's that card that untaps stuff from the graveyard? You can, re you can un... Uh, Untaps things from the graveyard. It used to be one of our favorite cards, Fate three Stitcher. in the blue, Fate Stitcher, yeah. Maybe you have Fate Stitcher and Cruder Alarm, Young Pyromancer. You use Zevlar and make something three times. You're going to make a bunch of tokens. For each token that comes in, you're going to untap Zevlar with the Fate Stitcher, untap the Fate Stitcher, and potentially keep going? Right, but, oh, uh, true. Oh, you oh, lands. Yeah, okay, I got you, because you need lands for the mana. Right. So you'd have to have, like, or you can untap Vizier Zevlar. of Tumbling Sands. And yeah. Well, the Intruder Alarm will untap Zevlar. Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah, But yeah. Face Stitcher and Vizier of Tumbling Sands, okay, yeah. this is a huge combo. There's got to be a better way to use it, but that would work, right? Because that'll give you the two mana for the Zevlar plus Zevlar untaps, sure. Yeah, you just need to untap your uh, Temple of the False God each time. There you, you go. It. There you go, there you go. All right, cool, cool. We did it. We yeah. broke the card that we broke 50 times already. All right, and the last card let's talk about here, which is also very mean. <laughs> but it's funny. It's head games. Yeah, three black black. Target opponent puts the cards from their hand on top of their library. Search that player's library for that many cards. The player puts those cards into their hand and shuffles their library. So you do this with Zevlar, and however many cards they have in your hand, you just replace it with lands. Yeah, that's funny. Or like I was saying, you could be like, hey, we really need a Path to Exile on this Blightsteel Colossus or whatever. Yeah, I'm what gonna... if I could promise you, Jimmy, that I'll get you that Path to Exile? Oh, boy. Will you use it on the Blightsteel? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Okay, go, cool. Go yeah, I need uh, it. How many cards do you have in your hand? Uh, six. Why okay. do you need to know that? You're going to oh, have five lands on a Path to Exile no! now. <laughs> you Maybe, need better lawyers. <laughs> yeah, very. Uh, so there's a lot you can do with head games. It's crazy because you could just completely take one person out, and you could help the other two players if you're playing Arch Enemy, but most likely you're the Arch Enemy in this case right look jimmy or jimmy jamie, jamie just put up a card oh he didn't mystical he took trickery? it down it was just uh, a, a joke. joke it was yeah mystical trickery oh, head games. political trickery that's political right trickery. We're, we're playing politics yeah it sounds like a it sounds like a way to, it's like your subtitle Joshly Kwai, political trickery that's that's my game okay uh that is going to be our coverage on zevlar el turl el turl el turl exile this deck has a lot of directions it's going to go if you're going to build it what, what do you think you'd do Boy, I like the threaten effect idea. Uh, it seems pretty fair. The other ones seem kind of mean. Cloning seems cool too as well. Yeah. I think w the warning to give everybody out there is like pick a direction because if you try and do all the things, oh, uh, this deck would be bad. Yeah, <laughs> you just need to focus on on one of those uh, themes, and and there are probably themes we didn't even mention that'll be good with. Yeah, and those themes like kind of pair well with each other, right? right? The the threaten effects go well, sacrificing. Yeah. so your bone shards and all those 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 do well as well. Yeah, just if it's one of those commanders where I think it'll be easy for the deck to feel like it doesn't do a lot or doesn't accomplish much yeah. if you don't focus. Yep. 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 Um, before you guys move on, can you just clarify one more time the difference between the original and right. the new? 
So if you look at the underlined words uh, there, or if, when we bring the card up, it's going to be the word in red. They are eroding the card. It's not going to be in the physical version, but it is adding the word only between targets and a single opponent. So when you cast an, an instant or sorcery spell that targets only a single opponent or a single permanent. And this is, again, because there are modal spells that can target a more than just a single opponent. When it gets cast and people are confused, does that actually count? And so the errata is more to say, no, no, those spells don't work, but these spells will. Yeah, if you're casting a spell and it targets more than one thing, Zevlar will not copy it. Nope. Now, if you're casting a spell, it's there are some other qualifications. It has The thing you're targeting, and it can only target one thing, has to be either an opponent's permanent or an opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it can't target anything else. Otherwise, Zevlar just will be like, nope, I don't have anything to do with that. Yep, so it's just clarifying that. Okay, let's move on to some audience questions. Uh, we've been, I've been sort of peeking as we go through the episode. There have been a lot of interesting suggestions and all that. You've uh, been able to read chat as we're going? Not really. That's, every time I just, every time I can barely pay attention. <laughs> you, like, you have to like look up and you see a word, and then you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I look up and it scrolls, and I'm like, I can't, I can't yeah. digest it. Yeah, I got to keep my thoughts in here. But big thanks, everyone, for showing up. We love to see everyone in chat, as well as a lot of familiar names as well. But we got some questions, right, lady? Yes, we do. All right. So our first message is from Lee Crane. Are you both planning on what commanders you're going to choose to build out of this set? Ah, I actually already have a commander, and I'm not going to spoil which one it is. I played on game yeah. nights. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, be careful. Yeah, yeah, I can't say anything. But it actually matches really well with the deck I've already made and needed a new commander mm. with those same colors. So it's a perfect way to just sort of slot it in, make a couple of adjustments, and power it up a little bit, too, because the old deck was a little janky. Yeah, I will say that, because we're obviously not allowed to talk about most of the set. It hasn't been spoiled yet. But we do get the cards to look at the cards early because of game nights. And generally the way that works is the, we choose the guests. We talk with the guests. The guests choose legendary creatures from the set that they'd like to build around. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy and I choose which ones we want to build around. And most these days there are so many legendary creatures that generally on game nights the, the deck we're playing is something we've chosen because it speaks to us and we really, really like it. So yep. the decks that we're playing on game nights I, I think you can usually assume are the ones we th- that we personally like think are the coolest. Every once in a while the guests will choose one and we're like, ah, I wish I could have ah, chose yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. But most of the time, yeah. Yeah, but I, I already think I have outside of that one I think there's maybe one other I was looking at I might build. But I think when, when all of Baldur's Gate gets revealed, it's going to be really fun for everyone to start talking about the potentials. To be fair, this specific time, Zevlor, and sorry, Jimmy, you weren't involved in this discussion, but when we were talking with Wizards, yeah. this we knew our date that the live episode was going to come, and Blake gave us a list of cards that like we could spoil on this oh, date. Oh, right, right, right. And yeah. so we did choose Zevlor because I thought it was the coolest out of the list that he gave there us. There you go. So that you wasn't all of the cards in the set, but it was out of the list. So I, yeah, yeah. Zevlor is a, a deck that I think is cool and I might build, for sure. Okay, can't wait all to see right. across the table. Sweet. Right, I don't want to be in that table. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> what, what if it's just clones? I That's will bring fine. my Lord Xander deck. You play you your Zevlor Lord deck. No, I might build one. Oh, boy. I don't want to be in that one. Uh, (laughs) We have a standoff, folks. (laughs) All right. Our next question is thoughts of Zevlar versus Anello. Oh, Anello the painter, right? Can we bring it up, Jamie? Can Can you throw Anello up on screen so we can see it for the audience as well? So I believe Anello is... Uh, it's Casualty, it's, right? Yeah, it's Casualty, and I believe it's only black. I'm looking it up on oh, my phone black, here. Oh, it is blue, black, black, black. Right, so it's uh, Death Touch 1-1 one, one for blue, black, and red. The first instant or sorcery spell you cast each turn has Casualty 2. So as you cast a spell, you can sacrifice a creature with power 2 or greater, and then you do you copy the spell, and you can choose new targets for the copy. I think these are both really interesting. The thing about Zevlor that's so good is, one, it has haste. And it has the ability to copy the spell up to three times, or even mm-hmm. more if you're playing at a bigger table. So, and Hello's great, but you have to have like random zombies lying around. Yeah. 
yes. or random vampires or whatever it is to sacrifice. And that is a limited resource, I think, that will run out, whereas Zevlo just cares about your opponents. Yeah, it's more to juggle. I'm not saying one will necessarily be more powerful, but the Zevlor deck seems like it could be a little more streamlined because the problem with decks like Angelo is that you could draw half your deck, the create creatures that I want to uh, sacrifice, yeah, yeah. and not the other half, which is the, the spells I want to copy. And there's only a few that do both. So, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Zevlor just says, hey, draw the spells that you want to copy, and that's the only thing you've really got in your deck because you already know Zevlor's your commander, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's two different directions, but very similar. Um, and there's a lot of similar decks, right? Kest, Dissident Mage is similar in Grixis. It's, it's about spell slinging, and it's about playing powerful spells. Um, we did have somebody ask if you can spoil the guests for the new game nights yet. Can oh, we? we were planning to do that, but I guess we can do it right now. Yeah, yes. Okay. So we have two cool guests for, we always have cool guests, but th these guests are also cool. Jonathan Young, <laughs> the, the musician who's also been doing a lot of the soundtracks from recent sets is yeah. one of the guests. And, uh, Magic player. Yeah. And the other decks, uh, guest is Lexi, uh, at black girl mage on Twitter. So yeah. yeah. Fun Super. episode. Really funny and really entertaining, both of them, too. Yeah, we played the game, obviously, a couple of weeks ago. They're editing it now. Yeah. It comes out on June 8th. But, yeah, it is a fun game. A lot of fireworks. Nice. A lot All of right. Lady, any more questions? Yeah, we got some more uh, from the Spike Feeders. Who on the TCG crew builds the weirdest decks? Oh, interesting. I, I think I know who I would vote for, but it's maybe a tie between these two people, actually. I know who I would vote for. Okay, well, go, both of you, since you're doing your answers. Okay, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, Arthur? Arthur, yeah, I think Arthur. Arthur does. Yeah, he. I mean, he always goes for the very not linear route. He goes all yeah, the way yeah. around town to come back around, but it it always somehow works. And so I would say probably Arthur. Okay, I was gonna say Murph because he always mm. chooses like a random old legend or something that you don't really see at the table, and then build something kind of cool and spicy around that. Yeah, I think they're both sort of uh, are more hipstery. I think. Everybody on the team can do this because Manson's got his polymorph deck. Yeah, and there's, yeah. And of course, we're a team full of people that chose to, like, as their career, like, yeah. work <laughs> on magic, magic stuff. Yeah, so yeah. everybody kind of thinks about the game in, in different ways. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of people on the team that can build cool decks. Murph does come to mind, though, because he is... He he do, he actively doesn't like to build a deck that's just like other decks he's yeah, seen. Yeah, he may have the most hipster attitude, yeah. I suppose. I yeah. also really love Jake because Jake has built a deck that's just the oversized deck. Oh, it literally, that's my it's favorite. Like this big, he's using all these oversized cards. That, it's a Zedru deck too, so he gives you the cards. <laughs> yeah, they're just massive. It takes up like half your play map. Yeah. I also Jake did build a mutate Omnath deck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like whole idea is to like make mutate. a mutated Omnath and then clone it a bunch of times, so that he ends up with like you know five Omnaths, which we got our butts kicked by just a yep. couple, few nights ago so yep yep yeah that's a cool a deck. so I, I think most of the commands of the team has the ability to build like really cool decks yeah uh another quick one who's your favorite commander in all of magic ah from alan uh my favorite commander in all of magic this is easy it's my, it's, you, my you, it's easy for you i can always say the same thing it's marchesa the black rose uh it, it's just was the first deck i built it has all the things i really still like to do which is threaten effects sacrificing stealing stuff keeping stuff mm. oh man keeping the thing you steal when it's not supposed to be kept forever is pretty spicy this question caught me off guard. Lady, do you have an answer to who your favorite commander is? Uh, Corvold? Yeah, I was going to say Corvold. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you are surrounded by black, red, and green behind you. I will know. Huh? Like... Thrasios? Oh. oh, is it your Thrasios? Thrasios is not my favorite. Okay, because I was gonna, I was gonna yell boring. Yeah, my Thrasios <laughs> oh. Vile Smasher deck is more about Vile Smasher than it is about Thrasios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was and I love more Vile Smasher. Though. And I like Vile Smasher better because the random nature of of it, I find kind of fun, and also. I don't generally do a lot of things that actively deal damage to my opponents, so Vile Smasher right. just being there as be like, don't worry, I'll do the you damage. got it, yeah. Yeah, so what maybe about, it's Vile Smasher. What about 
Tim, can you count Tim as a, de- a commander? That's my problem. I think that I would say, but not the commander of the deck, because really the commander is Tim, Prodigal Sorcerer. That's yeah. my favorite card in all of Magic. What about uh, Chromat? Sure, but it's not, again, that's a... The idea behind Chromat. It could be just five color commander so you can hide a commander. Maybe you're Grevin? Tell people why you like Grevin. I was going to say Grevin, oh, yeah. Grevin? yeah oh, I, like, Grevin I do like, like Grevin a lot. Makes your games real fast. Yeah, and Grevin is also quite powerful and draws you a lot of cards. So it's yeah. like a Voltron-y draw card deck, which is not a thing that... It, you yeah, know. in colors that you would not expect. Okay, so there you go. There I you have go. 15 favorite ones. Like, That's not a very good answer. Sorry, everybody. They all had something to do with drawing cards, though. <laughs> or doing damage. I know Josh is a well-rounded player. <laughs> uh, we got another question about, have you ever thought about doing a Commander Popper for game nights? Uh, commander Popper. So this would be typically like uncommon as a commander because there aren't that... I don't think there it's usually, are common legendary I believe the creatures. Popper rules are you can choose an uncommon creature as your commander and then only uh, okay. commons in the deck. The deck is that itself, correct? Yeah. Is that correct, chat? See, here's the problem with us doing a popper commander. Uh, and people ask us to do CADH um, game nights as well, and there's the same issue, which is we don't really play either of those two formats, and so we're not necessarily a good representative. Like, the, the likely outcome of that is that we do that, and then the entire community that plays that <laughs> format yells at us because we did yeah. it wrong, because we don't really know, because we don't really play it. I think it's... In general, better for us to represent what we know and what we love and, you know, represent that well and leave CADH and Popper to those communities and those people that love those formats and play those formats. And, you know, there are so many great content creators for Commander right now and so many little niches that I I think those people are just doing a better job than we would do. I think the most likely scenario would be if someone was a guest and it was on, like, extra turns and they just had a very cool Popper deck that could stand up to the other decks. And then that would be, I think, a better showcase than four popper decks going against Like each when other. Mitch came with his budget deck. Yeah, perfect mm-hmm. example. Yeah, and yeah. could totally hang. And, yeah. you know, we played a lot of games off camera with Mitch and he yeah. kicked our butts plenty. So. It doesn't go as well for the CEDH side if someone brings a CEDH deck to a normal table. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> well, I've had fun, though, where people are like, I have a CEDH deck and I'm like, okay, I'll just play my best deck. And everyone has to, yeah. And if fun. I'm just in it and have a chance, then I feel good. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. might lose, but if it's like, yeah. And every true. once in a while you win, so yeah. True, I true, think true. if you just play mono blue against a CEDH deck, you might be okay. Just Talrand. Depends on the mono. Blue deck. Yeah, because yeah, even then you might be like counterspell, force negation, counterspell, force of will. Fierce okay, of, I lose. Sure. Okay, you got me. Yeah, you win. <laughs> and then combo off is like a cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of were on the blue deck too. Um, this is another interesting thing of like a theme for an episode. Uh, can we get an extra turns where all the players play the same commander but have different builds? Of it? <laughs> That's interesting. This takes a lot of core. I think what people don't realize is there's a lot of coordination that has to happen. But before any of these games happen, we also try to make the decks more balanced. So again, I think the only time this happens is if every person already has a commander, and it just so happens that they're all different builds. Yeah, I, I can see that one feels a little bit more possible popper could happen on extra turns as well and all it would take was like four people in our office sort of committing to doing it and right. planning far enough out we're like okay in august we're that's going to be the one yeah, we yeah, film yeah. and if they started working on it but again i think that these things are hard to force we have to do mm-hmm. what we find is fun that's why when we choose the commanders for game nights it's like we don't say you should play this you should play that right we're like what speaks to you and do you think is going to be exciting build that deck because you'll have fun playing it and we'll have fun watching you do something that you think is fun and so i think that's kind of like the heart and soul of our content is make sure that the people involved in it are having a good time it's not dictated from above like do this thing Yeah, yeah yeah we're trying to be in our comfort zone but still challenging ourselves to make it fun and interesting both for ourselves as well so. but I could see our team you know picking a commander we've done some a, crazy yeah. we, we're, we're always yeah. like but what if we did this for yeah, extra I mean, I think turns? the same thing goes for like plane chase or whatever and, yeah. you know, there's, there's worlds where you can have fun doing silly things like that and I know a lot of our teams in the chat so you know yeah. if you have cool ideas like that hopefully we have 
you know, the ability been encouraging of those ideas and keep doing them because yep. that's what's going to cause it to happen for sure. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. I guess uh, this falls under that kind of same category, but I think it's a two part question. Do you all plan on drafting this set? And uh, yes, they said yes. they kind of miss the drafts in earlier game nice, and it might be a great set to bring back for maybe extra turns. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- we always talk about the draft episodes and how hard they are because you're basically filming two episodes of game nights. You're doing a whole draft section. People have to break that down, and then you're playing the game on top of all that so it is hard to do that because you also want to draft with eight people to get the best experience and that's really tough to record and film and all that so here's a little behind the scenes thing i'm not sure have we told this story maybe not maybe so when unstable came out we did the entirety of the draft with mark rosewater and gavin verhe um, and we filmed the entire draft, and we actually had, like, specialty cameras. People coming over, we were writing things down. Notes, we were yeah. having them hold up certain cards. Like, we shot the whole draft part. It probably took as long as shooting a game. Mm-hmm. And then we, we interviewed. Did it. Yeah. We even did the interviews and talked about the draft part of the format. We Why were like, did you choose this? These were the point? cards yeah. you were looking at. What colors were you thinking about? And we were like, I was like, we're going to revolutionize the <laughs> way that drafts are shown. And everybody's going to realize like how cool draft is because we are going to do what we did for Commander again, gameplay, and we're going to make it look awesome. Yeah. And the audience is going to be like, I want to draft because draft looks like so cool. And we started cutting it together. And I was like, well, this is boring. <laughs> this, it's, it's really confusing. Well, you're not, and you have to keep track of all this hidden it's information. so com- complex we we're going to do graphics where you could like see the cards move and we we're going to show like write the people's names of their seats and watch the yeah. cards move around we had all these ideas and then we were just like we had to cut it all because it was just not it just didn't turn out good so yeah yeah so it's, it's a nut we may try to crack again at some point in the future but the actual physical like drafting part is hard to show yeah i think we could do a game nice episode at some point though where we draft and just kind of get through the draft part quickly like we did with brandon sanderson when he came yeah yeah, that's right and then just show the game afterwards yeah because so. the most i mean that's what's interesting not players talking about the choices they're making but how it's interacting with other players i think that's what game nights is to me is how the players interact with each other around the table and yeah not, here are the choices i made during this draft section <laughs> i think it's a good maybe message to content creators out there too though it's like it may look like you watch our stuff and it looks polished and you know we've obviously been in the entertainment mm-hmm. the film business for years and years we've got tons of stuff we tried that did not work you just didn't see it because yeah. we were like oh nobody's seeing that that sucks we tried and <laughs> yeah. it didn't pan out that definitely happens to us quite often yeah. yeah but if you're not trying stuff you know what are you doing true, true yeah how do true. you find how do you how do you then find the things where you're like weren't sure this was going to work this is great yeah. let's keep doing that yeah Good point speaking of trying new things yeah uh let us uh hear about some upcoming events. That's right. There are some upcoming new things on Segway the... Segway, uh, I'm learning from the best. I'm learning from the <laughs> that best. Was great. That was great. <laughs> back here. All right, so let's take a look here. June 3rd through 5th. These. This is the weekend for pre-release for Bal- Commander Legends Baldur's Gate. Uh, this is one of my favorite events ever. You get to go. You get to crack some packs. You get to play with players. A lot of new players as well. And so if you have a friend that loves Dungeons and Dragons, loves Baldur's Gate, has been looking for a chance to get into magic, this might be the perfect way to do so. So that's June 3rd through 5th. Look at uh, look up your local LGS, uh, local LGS. Look up your LGS, see if, what their events are, and register and get all that good stuff going. I mean, pre-releases are my absolute favorite events. It's, you know, it it's low stakes. Everyone's excited. Yep. Cart, you're seeing the cards for the first time or playing with them. Yep, yep, yep. They're awesome. Then, of course, June 8th is the Game Nights episode for Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. Uh, Again, the guests are Jonathan Young and Lexi at Black Girl Mage on Twitter. Yep. And then... uh, June 10th is when the set actually comes out on paper. So that's when you can buy your boosters. You can draft it, the collector's boosters, whatever. There's always the amazing, cool art with the D&D set specifically. So I'm looking forward to that. And June 16th is the next episode of Command Zone Live, Woo-hoo! episode four. In fact, we're going to be coming fresh off our trip 
to Command Fest Las Vegas. Ooh. So there's another thing we should talk about. Yeah, June 10th through 12th in Las Vegas, there is an event called a Command Fest, which is kind of similar to what Magic Fest and, and GPs were back in the day. A big gathering of Magic players at the convention center there yeah. in the fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Come live the nightlife. Who came up with that? Uh, Jordan we or Jamie? Kinda, yeah, or we all kind of. Right, yeah. We so, got copywriters, Jimmy. As you can tell, we have a ton of people from our staff showing up. You can see all of their lovely faces in the background there. Lady Danger, you're not on this picture. Oh, no, I, no. I, I know. I'm sorry. I might be where the Kiwis are. So, uh, who knows? <laughs> yes. Lady won't be making it. But look at all the other awesome people from our office. You get to play against them. Maybe take a win off of the belt. Maybe get uh, infected out by, by Craig. Craig. Yeah, he looks like he's ready to infect out everybody in that yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. That's just his state of being always. <laughs> yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, our whole team's going to be there hanging out in the convention hall looking for games. You'll have chances to get games in with Jimmy and I and everybody on our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a really fun event, too, because Command Fest allow you to interact with a ton of different magic players from all over the world yep. and I've made I mean we've both made lifelong friends at those events over the years so yep, it's yeah. always a ton of fun and you know you're going to meet not just us but other content creators as well so many of us are out on the west coast of the Vegas uh, Command Fest is the best one for us to go to but that's not the only Command Fest that is there if you guys check out this next list <gasps> they're actually happening all around the country in North America so we got Richmond Las Vegas Philadelphia Indianapolis Montreal Orlando and Bellevue all on different dates if you're near one of these check it out i think you know live events is one of my favorite parts about doing magic the gathering and being a part of the community and being able to meet everyone and play games and you learn so much too from the way different people build and the way people play so it's an amazing time for everyone so just look it up and uh, we'll obviously have the links in any episode that we talk about for vegas uh, but you'll also be able to find all this stuff online yeah, you do need to register. There are passes that you need to get into the, the Command Fest events, I believe. Yeah. Um, if you're watching the VOD of this episode, we will put the links uh, in the show notes. But there are these events happening all over the country, so hopefully there's one close to you. I can't recommend it highly enough. We love it every time we go. There are yeah. tons of fun. You're going to meet tons of people. It's kind of like summer camp. For adults, well, I guess kids play Magic too, but it, yeah, it feels it always it brings is, me back to when I was a kid, and I just get a few yeah. days of just like playing games and hanging out with people. And as an adult, you just don't get that experience that often. Yeah, and if you're in Vegas too, it's not the the fun doesn't end when the convention is over. You can go out and get dinner at a beautiful restaurant. You right? can go see a show. There's lots of other stuff to do. Obviously. Other stuff. Other yeah. stuff. <laughs> what happens in Vegas, Jamie? Jimmy stays in our memories and hearts, and we'll talk about in the future episode of the Command Zone podcast. We, what? What? No, no way. That's not like breaking the rules. Uh, big thanks to everyone that helped out with the live stream today. Obviously, everyone that's watching along at home. But Lady Danger on the questions, as well as the chat moderation. Jake Boss, Jamie Block, Truck Tie, Wizards of the Coast for sponsoring the show, and Zach Malika and Knox here at Hyper RPG, the studios where we are filming and streaming from. Yeah, everybody behind the scenes here at Hyper RPG has been great. I know a lot of people have commented on the quality that is. We are at their studios. We're not in our home office here. Very cool. Yeah. And then, of course, we have everybody at the Command Zone who helps us research all this stuff. Uh, Not all of the cards... Spoiler alert that we talk about are just stuff that came out of Jimmy and my head no, anymore. No, we have no so way. many people being like, what about this card? Oh, geez, that sounds crazy. And correcting us when we're wrong about rules is very important. That's, that's, <laughs> we don't make that mistake. We anymore. need that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Really, really want to thank everybody for coming to hang out, and we will see you on June 16th for the next Command Zone Live. Or maybe in Vegas. All, All right, right. Bye, everyone. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later. 
alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>